Oscar Steen was the first real NHL hopeful to be cut from training camp on Tuesday, placed on waivers for the purpose of assignment to Providence. We'll see here today if he is indeed assigned there or if he is claimed. This begs the question, who might be next? And we're also taking a look at the preseason Atlantic Division power rankings today on Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. The podcast is free and available in your feeds at least Monday through Friday with some bonus content being posted uh, occasionally, uh, if there's breaking news, uh, the odd postcast, if there is uh, a, a crazy game that must be talked about right away, and reactions like that will be posted on the YouTube account, so do subscribe over there as well. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find me my dad jokes and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. It's beautiful out there today up here in southern Ontario. Yesterday, uh, we took the boys on a after-school field trip to an apple orchard, which just so happened to be a cidery. Grabbed a, a tasting, went out into the orchard, picked some apples, played some cornhole, brought some cider home. It was the perfect afternoon, just what I needed for a mental reset. Now we're gearing up for tonight's preseason game against the New York Rangers with the news that Oscar Steen was placed on waivers on Tuesday. He wasn't the only player that was placed on waivers. Uh, Connor Carrick, Nick Wolf also on waivers for the purpose of assignment to Providence. Victor Berglund, Mike Callahan, Kai Wisman just straight up assigned to Providence. They did not have to go through the waiver process. Now, Steen was a guy that was seen as having a real shot at cracking the NHL roster uh, this year. He was signed to a two-year, one8 sorry, $1.6 million contract extension uh, this past summer, or back in April, really. And he was coming off a season in which he recorded 35 points in 49 games for the Providence Bruins, 15 goals, 20 assists. At this point, it's a bit of a numbers game for the Boston Bruins. They can only carry so many players on the NHL roster. And they have to get underneath the cap. Unfortunately for Steen, he just did not do enough to 
distance himself from the competition in terms of grabbing a spot. There's still some competition for those spots. A lot of eyebrows were raised when the likes of Nick Foligno, Chris Wagner remained at camp. Steen having a much better chance of being claimed than either of those two. The thing that might prohibit him being claimed is the fact that there is that extra year on his contract. It's one thing if you're picking a guy up just for one season to see how things go, but to commit to two seasons, that's a bit of a different story. And it will be the same thing if Jack Stanika is indeed placed on waivers. Uh, He has to go through waivers in order to be assigned to um, to Providence. Guys that don't have to go through waivers include John Beecher, Fabian Lysel, Mark McLaughlin, Jacob Lauko, but your Stanikas, uh, Wagners, Nosik, Felino, they would have to go through waivers in order to be sent to the AHL. With the injuries on defense to start the season, it would seem as though the Bruins are going to go with 14 forwards, 7 defensemen, and 2 goalies. So the Bruins will be able to carry 2 extra forwards. For the time being anyways. And that's if you're counting on Anton Strawman being one of those seven defensemen. Right now they have eight under contract. Two of them will go on injured reserve to begin the season. And Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick. So you could add Strawman, have Clifton as your as your extra forward. So the Bruins, with the injuries to Brad Marchand, Taylor Hall, plus if they carry an extra two forwards, that gives them some flexibility in terms of who they keep up on the NHL roster. It gives a better shot for Stanika, McLaughlin, Greer, as well as Felino and Wagner. Once these guys get healthy, once you get a full roster, that's when some decisions might have to be made. But for the time being, they can carry these guys on the roster, of course, as long as they are under the cap. So you think it would be... Uh, this is not in any particular order, but David Posternock, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque, Nick Foligno, Pavel Zaka, Craig Smith, Patrice Bergeron, Thomas Nosek, Chris Wagner, Trent Frederick, David Krejci, and then AJ Greer, Mark McLaughlin, and Jack Stanika. That could be your 14. And then again, decisions will have to be made as to who goes down, once Taylor Hall, once Brad Marchand are back in the lineup. So, Steen, so far, the early training camp casualty. And, um, I don't see any more huge surprises coming 
but you never know. There could be a trade. There could be um, a guy put on waivers. But Steen, right now, the early man out of the equation. Bruins in action tonight against the New York Rangers. They're skating at 11 o'clock here on Wednesday morning. We'll get a look at who will be in the lineup. It's really the last chance to impress, as we would expect, that Saturday's lineup, the final regular season game, would be kind of the lineup that they are looking to ice on opening night to give that unit a chance to, uh, to gel before the games begin to matter. Before we quickly look at the Atlantic Division power rankings heading into the season, a quick word about Bet Online, your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs right around the corner, MMA, boxing, golf, NBA, and NHL. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. So we are two days away from the start of the NHL regular season with a pair of games on tap this weekend over in Prague between the San Jose Sharks and the Nashville Predators. It's not really until Tuesday that things get going for real. And of course, the Bruins don't start their regular season schedule until next Wednesday against the Washington Capitals. But next Tuesday, we have a doubleheader on ESPN, Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Rangers, Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings to begin the season. I kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we have a clearer picture now of what the Atlantic Division landscape might look like. And I wanted to just quickly touch on where I think the Bruins fit in here to begin the season. Last season, there was a clear divide between the top four and the bottom four teams. Uh, Just a huge gap between four and five in the Atlantic Division. I still see that gap playing out, although it may be a bit tighter. And it's not just because of injuries to the Bruins to begin the season that people are expecting them to take a bit of a dip, but also the fact that The Florida Panthers, I don't think, are as good as they were last season. Tampa Bay Lightning, likely to take a step back in the regular season at least, especially as they adjust to life, you know, without a prominent guy like Andre Palat in the lineup. They start loaded, don't get me wrong there. And the Maple Leafs also have some questions in net, although I'm seeing the Athletic here this morning picking the Maple Leafs to be the number one team in the NHL this season. I guess that's fair. It depends on how Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray fare in net, but they do have some high-end star power in Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, 
Morgan Riley. Uh, they will begin the season without John Tavares. But I can still see them finishing first in the Atlantic for sure. From there, it gets a bit interesting to me. I think on paper and fully healthy, the Bruins could be second in the Atlantic division. That would be the perfect scenario for the Boston Bruins. They finish second in the Atlantic. Say Florida finishes third. I think the Bruins could take out the Panthers uh, in the opening round of the playoffs. From there, you have, yeah, the Panthers, Lightning, rounding out the top four. That's how I see things shaking out right now. Now, of course, the caveat there are the injuries to Taylor Hall, Brad Marchand, and Charlie McAvoy to begin the season. When projecting the Bruins this year, it's really a pre-Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving based on when those guys are projected to be back in the lineup. Again, when fully healthy, I think the Bruins are better than last season. There's a clear upgrade at second-line center. I think when everybody's healthy, Zaka on the third line over Trent Frederick with Coyle and Smith is a huge upgrade. And... Um, yeah, the top six of Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Hall, Pasternak, and Krejci is up there with some of the best teams around the NHL, to be honest. There are those injuries to contend with, and they will have to stay afloat to begin the season in order to be one of those top three Atlantic division teams and out of the wild card. Home ice advantage would, of course, be preferable in the playoffs, although we know doesn't always work out that way. Just ask last year's Toronto Maple Leafs. Ask the 2019 Bruins. Moving from the bottom to the top, Montreal Canadiens will still be the bottom team in this division. I very much believe that. They got some nice pieces on the rise, but they're still uh, building. And uh, I don't see them challenging at all for anything other than a lottery pick in the NHL draft. To me, it's a bit of a toss-up between the Sabres and, and Red Wings. I think the Sabres have more young talent. That could really make a difference. Rasmus Dahlin, I think, is going to become elite this season. Owen Power could be a Calder Trophy uh, guy. They have the pieces that were acquired in the Jack Eichel trade. Tage Thompson looking to keep his breakout going. The one question I have there is when it comes to goaltending. Craig Anderson, 41 years old. Eric Comrie. Potential, but unproven. I think on the Red Wings side of things, they have much more stable goaltending in Vili Husso and Alex Nedeljkovic. But do they have the talent depth? Certainly Moritz Sider is a star. Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin. Um, they have some guys who can put the puck in the net. New head coach. 
So I think it'll be a toss-up between those two teams. And the Senators, of course, will be in the mix as well. Adding Alex Dabrinkit, Claude Giroux, and uh, Cam Talbot, who's going to start injured. So I still do see that 4-4 split. I think the Bruins are without question a playoff team. When healthy, I think they're better than last season. And from December on, I think we could really see something special here. If all goes well, knock on wood. So I think I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. Canadians in 8th. Red Wings, 7th. Sabres, 6th. Senators in 5th. And then I'm going to put the Lightning in fourth, not to take anything away from their Stanley Cup championships in a recent final appearance. But I think they're a team that will be content to not coast through the regular season, but get to the playoffs and know that they have a group that can succeed there. Uh, the Florida Panthers, I think, will take a step back. Anthony Duclair injured to start the season. Mackenzie Weger lost on the blue line. That can't be uh, discounted. Jonathan Huberto had a very special season last year, as did Matthew Kachuk, but there's still some chemistry to be worked out there as well. The Bruins, of course, have their issues to begin the season, but once everybody's back in the lineup, they should be a special team. Well, maybe special is a bit overstating things, but I think there is the potential there for it to be uh, a special season for them. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, they have the world-class talent. Questions in net, of course, but I think they'll still be a very successful regular season team at the very least. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on the comments on the YouTube. Tweet at LockedNHLBruins or at Ian C. McLaren. And uh, we can debate these Eastern Conference, or sorry, Atlantic Division power rankings. Last year, of course, I did incorporate the Metro because the Bruins were in fighting for a playoff spot with some Metro Division teams. So as the season goes on, we'll probably kick it up to Eastern Conference power rankings. But for now, keeping it in the Atlantic division. Thank you again for making locked on Boston Bruins. Your first listen every day tomorrow on the podcast. We'll recap tonight's game against the uh, New York Rangers and bring you all the latest in terms of who has the upper hand in terms of the opening night lineup. Now make your second listen locked on NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute update on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. A bit of possible breaking news here this morning as Kevin Weeks saying keep an eye on the Dallas Stars. They, of course, have yet to sign... Jason Robertson, who's a restricted free agent. Uh, So looks like there's a deal coming there or perhaps a trade. I doubt that, but hey, you never know. Uh, When it comes to other 
rumors around the league still very much looks like Jesse Pugliarvi's tenure with the Edmonton Oilers will be coming to an end, whether that's next week or next year. Uncertain, according to Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic. Uh, 24-year-old winger, $3 million cap hit. I would still love the Bruins to somehow make that work. Um, imagine a debrusque bergeron Poliarvi line to begin the season. Um, or Marchand, Bergeron, Pugliarvi. That could be pretty nice. And at $3 million, uh, I don't see why there's no interest in that guy. He's a very uh, talented guy with some good underlying numbers and uh, could be a real asset. Now, one bit of news yesterday that could very much affect the Boston Bruins is a eight-year, $73.2 million contract extension signed by Matthew Barzell of the New York Islanders. It begins next season and will carry an average annual value of $9.15 million. Significant raise for uh, Barzal, who's currently making $7 million per season. And it really puts David Posternock's next deal in perspective as well. Anybody expecting that to come in at under $10 million is, you know, living in a fantasy land because David Posternock will probably be in the 10.5 to 11 million dollar range eight times 88 is what i'm thinking so eight times 11 eight million eight years 11 million dollars uh, per season is what i'm trying to say not eight times 88 but eight years 88 million dollars total 11 million per season over the course of the contract that's what i'm saying we'll see if that happens but it's certainly not going to be under 10 million dollars especially based on this barzell contract finally longtime boston bruins scout bob tyndall passed away in toronto at age 86 among the players he scouted that went on to be drafted by the bruins glenn murray andrew raycroft Joe Thornton, Don Sweeney, and um, condolences to the Tyndall family and uh, great appreciation for all that he was able to do for this organization. One final note, I just was reading a Fluto Shinzawa article on The Athletic. He was saying that if indeed Jack Stanika were put on waivers, you can guarantee, not guarantee, but it's a safe bet that Seattle Kraken would be very much in on that with uh, former Providence Bruins head coach Jay Leach, former Bruins front office guy John Ferguson Jr., who was around when he was drafted in the mix there. Uh I think there's real concern that he would be claimed 
and they want to fit him into the lineup. If it means playing a fourth line role, shifting Thomas Nosek over to the left wing, where he played recently in preseason action, not the ideal spot for him. You'd want him to at least be a third line center with some offensive uh, upside there. But losing him on the waiver wire would be uh, would be a huge hit for the Bruins. You don't want to see that happen. Uh, I still think there's something there with Studnika. That's it for today's episode, my friends. I hope you are all having a great week. It's downhill to the weekend. It'll be a long weekend up here in Canada. I'm excited to get together with family for Thanksgiving to watch the Toronto Blue Jays in the Major League Baseball playoffs, taking on the Seattle Mariners, and uh, yeah, spending some time with family, enjoying some turkey, cider, etc. Not turkey, cider, but turkey, comma, cider. Hope you're all doing well. Please do take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.